gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Hello and welcome to episode 142 of For Future Considerations, your top 10 favorite podcasts with your top 30 favorite guys. Manny, Rashad, Matt here as well. Episode 142 guys already matching the number of how many hours Deshaun Watson has been suspended. 142. I thought that was kind of timely as well. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. The community service hours, he was said. Yeah. He had to write, I'm sorry, 142 times on the chalkboard like he's Bart Simpson. <laughs> I'm subscribed to 100 podcasts, and this is definitely in my top 70. Oh, easy. Easy top 70. Just your <laughs> top 70? Wow. That's impressive that we made the list. Wow. How's, how was everybody's long weekend? Can you believe it's August already, boys? It's August. That's insane. Where's time flown by? Oh, I know. I got to get back to your pool. You're going to come home one day from work and I'm just going to be laying there in your pool, Manny. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I got nothing wrong with that. Just just make sure you clean it before you're in it. That's all. <laughs> John's got a new job. He's only working 15 hours a week or something with that and making 80 grand, so... <laughs> <laughs> what were those numbers again? <laughs> yeah. By the way, John, there's now a fee to use my pool. <laughs> what are you, a provincial park? Oh, my goodness. The Pavel oh. Memorial Complex? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the beer fund. We need to get it working. By the way, two things I want to touch on. First and foremost... Did the Rashad celebrate an anniversary on the long weekend? Yes, this was the tenth uh, anniversary of us beginning to date. I just happened to see it in my Facebook memories. So, did you remember it? Tenth anniversary? Did you say? Yeah, no, I didn't remember. Facebook reminded me. <laughs> so, did you get help for that? Oh no, she didn't remember either. <laughs> I was going to say, did you then immediately run over to her and remind her? That it was 10 years and that she didn't say anything to you. And now you guys are on the bubble. <laughs> I did it in front of her parents, too. Guess what this weekend is? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> That's great. Was it kind of presented to them? Was it presented to them like, you know, Jill, it was 10 years ago that we came together <laughs> for the first time in front of them? <laughs> I, I left that part out that's actually true <laughs> that's great so for Jill it was a long weekend <laughs> and, and did you guys celebrate your 10 year anniversary by going to a beach and pitching a tent or a gazebo with a mattress on the beach did you do that because I saw a few posts. <laughs> no, no, we did not. <laughs> Ch I, I John, go into the diatribe here of how of how you love it when people bring gazebos and tents to the beach. Please. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> did you have you heard what they're doing? People are pitching the tents on the beach and then when they don't want to go to the bathroom, they go in their tent and then bury it. That's a no, thing. No, they're not. That's what That's they said. That's not a thing. Apparently, it's true. Come on, John. Yeah, different townships are having to remind people, please go use the facilities. Don't create your own under your tent. No, I don't believe this. <laughs> I wow. swear it's true. Are you telling me two weeks from now, little Johnny's going to try to build a sandcastle and a little brown shark is going to appear in the sand? <laughs> Is that going to go off with the metal detectors that the old men are walking up and down the beach with? <laughs> <laughs> I was that very intrigued by the story. True. 
I didn't see any of those posts, though, John. I was intrigued by the story because I was going to say to Manny, Manny, uh, who, what what man among us hasn't pitched a tent at a beach? <laughs> <laughs> How else do you think Jill and John came together and celebrated their 10th anniversary. (laughs) And I told this story at my wedding, but how about this one too? When I proposed that her and I get together as a couple, a couple weeks before we actually did, I said, so Jill, have you ever thought of you and I as a couple? And she looked at me and went, hmm, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you wore her down, buddy. That's right. <laughs> That's why you guys make such a fantastic couple. You you don't really share many words with each other. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to cross paths too often. <laughs> it's like asking no. Fred Wallace out for lunch on your last day at Bayshore. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, with this being a short week, After the August Civic vacation, we will only have one episode this week. No need for overtime. But we have uh, plenty of options for you to listen to. Just last week on the OT, we had our good friend Phil DeLand, who is big time into wrestling, joined us to talk about uh, the behind the scenes, Vince McMahon's fall from grace and then his resulting retirement. Yeah, and we want to send out a huge congrats again to Will Cooley, who this week was named to Canada's World Junior Hockey Team for the second time. They'll be playing the tournament again this month after the first tournament was cancelled due to COVID. So it may be August, but there is a lot of hockey on right now if you're missing yeah. the ring. By the way, that episode with Will Cooley, when we talked to him before the first tournament, was episode 85, if you want to go back and have a listen. Matt, I know you're watching the Holinka tournament, which is taking place this month. How are the games? They haven't been close to start. They... (laughs) <laughs> the fourteen, uh, the fourteen, nothing drubbing. Uh, Canada put on Switzerland in the opening tournament uh, was was quite showing. And I thought the best part of it was replaying the game and, and watching the broadcast of it. We hadn't even dropped the puck, and the commentators were already explaining why this is not going to go well for Switzerland. So hold on tight, and they hadn't even finished the explanation, and it was one nothing when our buddy Cody Barlow. Scores shorthanded his first of two shorthanded goals of the game. <laughs> so Canada was shorthanded in like the first minute? <laughs> it was the first about three minutes or so they sh- scored a shorthanded breakaway goal. And later on in the first period, same guy, shorthanded breakaway goal. And that kind of uh, sums up a 14 nothing win for Canada on opening night. <laughs> That sounds like the Swiss need to work on their power play. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, who is? You know, it's crazy now. And you want to talk about getting old, talking about all these players that are in the Halenka tournament right now or in the World Juniors who are sons of NHL players. Radic Bonk's kid is playing for Team Canada. First of all, who is? Son is the goaltender for, for Switzerland. They're on every, every single team. Now, I, I thought Cristobal Hue was still playing. <laughs> His kid's already in uh, in these tournaments. It's wild. Cristobal Hue, a goaltender, has a goaltender for a kid too? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Couldn't convince him to stay out of, stay out of the crease. Don't follow in dad's footsteps. Well, after that game, he might be switching positions. But... <laughs> Hey, so you're saying the Swiss uh, defense and goaltending was like Swiss cheese, right? <laughs> I was waiting for a shot. There's our guy. You want to know why Jill couldn't fight back any longer? Lines like that. Sweet, sweet puns. Not buns. Puns. <laughs> well let's get right into this we have lots to talk about and we're going to start with the big baseball trade Soto rips one high in the air deep center field see you later he knew it he just now touched first base number 21 for Juan Juan Soto, the home run derby champ, has been traded as part of a blockbuster deal. Soto and Josh Bell get traded from the Washington Nationals to the San Diego Padres for five prospects and Luke Voigt. What did you guys think of the deal? 
I said when we were talking about Juan Soto, you only once in a while get an opportunity to acquire a once-in-a-generation player, and you didn't draft him, and you don't have to pay a crazy amount of money to him right now. I wanted the Blue Jays to make a dive into this. They went and got Whit Merrifield instead. But I think it's a great deal for San Diego. I don't really care how this works out for them. A.J. Preller, their general manager, is always willing to swing for the fences. I think this is the biggest swing you can you can make. They've got one of the best lineups now, if not the best lineup in the National League. They've got a great uh, starting rotation as well. Uh, they are a, a team to, to watch for sure in the National League. Is that price higher than you thought? Five prospects? Because the actually, prospects are that great. Yeah. Like what what you were talking about, Matt, with the Blue Jays, like I would have done that deal. Like if yeah. you're giving up Bichette and and a good starting pitcher in Nate Pearson, I think they're better than what Washington got. Yeah. CJ Abrams is not very impressive in his major league no. debut. Mackenzie Gore, who was supposed to be this great pitcher, yeah. I saw him pitch in the Tigers game at Comerica last week and he got injured. He's now on the injured list with a bad elbow. So I think the deal's great for San Diego and it's great that they did the deal because what Washington, what they gave up, what Washington got in return, I don't think makes sense for the nationals. And I think the Padres win this deal hands down. Yeah. And to get Josh Bell in the deal, who's a real good player, and he's going to add to some, some offense to that lineup as well. I, I just think, you know, this is, this happened so fast with, with uh, Juan Soto. And, and I, I wasn't sure he was going to get traded at the deadline, but I just, it really happened quick that he rejected that deal. And the phone must have just started ringing and, and they made it clear right away that uh, that he was going to be gone because there was a number of teams that were thrown in the mix name-wise and prospect-wise. I know St. Louis was one of those teams that was in the mix. They wouldn't give away their top prospect uh, from whatever reports it was. Clearly, didn't need to, so I don't know what the hang-up ended up being with that, whether it was just bodies or, or not. But, yeah, like you get your hand forced by a guy who is still under your control contract-wise – and trade, uh, that's, a, that's a pretty weak return, I would expect, from the surface for, for Washington. What about if you're a Nationals fan, right? Like, you know, you've, you've lose, you lose Soto, yeah. you lose Bryce Harper, yeah. you lose Trey Turner, yeah. you lose Max Scherzer, yeah. you lose Anthony Rondon. I guess you've got a World Series. You still have a World Series championship that you can put up there. But all these talented players have now left your team. If you're a fan of the Nationals, oh boy, yeah. you're struggling right now. That that World Series championship seems like a long, long time ago when, when you see all these guys exit afterwards. And now the Padres have added some other players, including all-star closer Josh Hader from Milwaukee. And we just received a question a few moments ago from Al and Tilbury. Al asks, what do we think of the Padres' chances in the National League? I, I like them a lot. Like I, you, Let's not forget, they haven't had Tatis all season. So now you add him and that bat to the lineup, and that's a pretty prolific lineup. And they made some moves to address their starting pitchy. And they're relieving. Like Taylor Rogers, you could ask Matt, John. Like, we know firsthand this guy is horrible. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. I've won, I've won a fair amount of money on Taylor Taylor Rogers' blown saves. I can tell you that much. So <laughs> they've cleaned up their back end. They've vastly improved their lineup. Tatis will, I think, return to the lineup in August. So they have him for the stretch run and into the playoffs. Now they may not even have to rush them back into the lineup the way they're playing of late. I think this is great. And now the Padres are right in the thick of it, in my opinion, in the National League. And I think one of the, the things that you hit on there was incredibly impressive, Manny, in that the, <laughs> the, the Padres did not have to make a big deal because one of the better players in the National League has not played for them yet. 
in Fernando Tatis. And we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned they're a dark horse team for me because they've still done very well this season without Fernando Tatis. So your deal at the deadline is getting your star player back, and it doesn't cost you anything. But instead, they still go out and make this deal for Juan Soto. I love teams that are willing to put it all on the line when they know they've got a window. They're, they must not think the Dodgers are very good, or they might have some, some room in there, because I still think the Dodgers are the better team in the National League. But I think now if you're going World Series favorites, it's now 1-2 LA and San Diego. Because the Padres at the time of this deal have the fourth best record in the National League. The Dodgers won, Mets two, Braves three, and the Padres four, with the Brewers not far behind the Padres. But they get Taylor Rogers for yeah. uh, for some reason they trade Josh Hader. I don't understand that. But anyway, like the Braves made a number of moves at the deadline too. I agree with you, Matt. I think the Dodgers are still the cream of the crop in the National League. But you know in the playoffs, you can go with three starters now. You don't need to go with five starters. And I think the Padres may match up well that way if they get into that type of series against the Mets or against the Dodgers in the playoffs. And what do we think about the deadline deals involving our teams, the Detroit Tigers and the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, the Tigers make two deals. They trade Robbie Ghostman and uh, and Michael Fulmer in two separate deals uh, and pick up guys in the minor leagues with ERAs over six. So that was good. Uh, that should help. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm happy. <laughs> they're single A players, right? Single A too. Like well, the they're not even close. Was, the one I think was in A plus. I think he was oh, in the okay, A plus okay. and had played in in Double A this year. Um, so that's good. Actually, he lives three houses down. So I went over there and congratulated him. <laughs> he was out cutting his grass. So I thought that was uh, that was neat that I got to meet him. Um, he didn't go to your door and deliver a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm happy with the deadline for the Tigers because I don't want that dumbass making any trades of any valuable prospects because you haven't been able to pull the trigger when you need to when these guys are actually valuable, like Michael Fulmer. So don't touch these guys now. Don't trade Gregory Soto when you don't have to. Don't trade Tarek Skrubel when you don't have to. Don't trade some of these younger guys because you don't know what you're doing. So why don't you just ride off into the sunset and go back to scouting in the Dominican Republic or wherever he was finding all these great players that he got hitched on with major league teams and just get lost because it's embarrassing. Blue Jays suck too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before... Before I get into it, John, what did you think of the Blue Jays moves? Um, pitching is good, but I think a lot of people, and I agree, think we need another starter. That's the biggest hole right now for the Blue Jays. Yeah, you know, if I look at the Blue Jays, they added five players at the deadline. Uh, Whit Merrifield is the big name. Right. Um, and then they added three arms for the bullpen and another infielder in Alex DeJesus. Whit Merrifield is not even vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So they have to figure that out first and foremost. But he's he's a nice little player for them if he can play for them after the quarantine. Yeah. They need to figure that out. And you would think that would be something that they would do before pulling the trigger on the deal. I know it was made just before the deadline. But that seems like something that you would try to figure out beforehand. Now, if I look at the starting rotation, Ryu is out with Tommy John. So you have Manoa, who just got belted with a comebacker in the Tigers game. Stripling, does he go more than five innings in a game? Gossman, Berrios, and Kikuchi, who has struggled throughout the course of the year. That starting pitching doesn't scare me if I'm an opposing team. Right now, especially a team that you're playing the Yankees. So, John, I agree with you. I think while they did a great job of addressing their bullpen, I still think they missed a starter there. And I'm with you, Matt. Fire Alavila. Like, start the chance again, yet again. I know they've been happening across the river, but I don't trust him to make any deal after the past deals turned up nothing. 
Mm-hmm. When you think of the players that they traded away, Justin Verlander, first and foremost, who's having a tremendous season yet again for the Houston Astros. And we got guys who are not even on our major league roster yet. It's time to go, GM. Yeah, and then to the Blue Jays, and I, I was a little short because I started just getting angry. But uh, <laughs> you getting I'm, angry in baseball? I know, I know. I'm I'm with you on on the Blue Jays too. Like they, this to me didn't. They seemed like they were just grabbing at anybody they could. They got a couple of bullpen arms. They got an infielder, and then they got another infielder. I mean, Merrifield can play in the outfield. We'll see where he ends up going. And I like Whit Merrifield. I think he adds a different dimension that that team doesn't have. He gets on base and he steals bases. But I'm not sure how they're trying to figure out how they're going to win games because this, to me, just smells of a team that needs to win a lot of 8-7 playoff games, and there aren't a lot of 8-7 playoff games and we've seen it in the very short time that this team has been together, uh, that when you're in at a, a pressure game or a, when you're in a playoff scenario, they don't do well. So I, I'm not thrilled with it. I, to me, it seems like this is Ross Atkins going out and saying, hey, look at all the stuff we did. But did you actually get any better? I don't think they got any better. In fact, I think they fell behind a few teams. Yeah, like if we're thinking about the three starters for the Blue Jays in the playoffs, it's Berrios, Gossman, and Manoa. And I love Manoa. I think he's great Mm -hmm. for the Toronto Blue Jays. But you throw them up against the Yankees, right? Yeah. And what they've done with their starting rotation led by Garrett They're not winning any of those matchups in any any of those. And remember, the Yankees made some really good moves at the deadline too, getting Montez, the pitcher from Oakland, for one. Yeah. And you know he's going to be a starter – Come sure. playoff time for them. Well, you look you know, at Seattle getting Castillo. You know, yes. Houston had made a couple of small moves as well, but I think Houston's one of those teams that everybody just forgets uh, at this point because we're all still a little bit bitter. But they're thirty games over five hundred still. Like they're the, they're the second best team, I or the third best team in baseball. So you're going to be going through one of those teams. It's a that's a tough haul for for anybody in the American League. Because I think everybody else is very average. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Oh wow! And now it's time for our play of the week. And dun 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 dun, we finally have a winner from the CFL. Rourke has time here. He's got a ton of time. Looking down the field, nowhere to go. Now he's gonna dump it off. One oh. handed by Ryan to the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown and a beauty! Dominique Rimes holds it in and takes it to the house. Dominique Rimes makes a beautiful one-handed catch for the BC Lions and scores a touchdown on the play, too. And that is our play of the week. Voted by you, our intelligent, brilliant listeners. (laughs) Not only is it a CFL play, but it's for John's team, the BC Lions. That's right. He had this thing rigged. (laughs) where's his fake Twitter accounts? You, you keep, you keep alleging that I have fake Twitter accounts, Matt. Where's we shots. Look, I, I saw, so I, I, that's the play I voted for. If we're, no, if it we're isn't. Being honest, that's the play I voted for. I didn't think any of those other ones were very impressive at all. Um, the soccer so plays. Come so on. You scored in 13 seconds. Oh, we should make the nets bigger. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> is that your comeback for everything in soccer? It is. It is. You can't because you can't say anything back to it. You, it sure you can. They moved the ball game. halfway down the field in 13 seconds. They kicked it three times. Where's the defense? There's there's 22 men on the pitch. What's a pitch? <laughs> and I rest my case. Go on. Saw, Go I on. Saw, Go on. I saw better plays drawn up at McAuliffe Park the last <laughs> week or so than, than that that play. Oh, I, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good play, but then I noticed I go on the thing and it was close uh, for the voting again because it's always pretty close when we do our play of the week. And then you see like these Ron Jashat Dodger Dog uh, Twitter pages start showing up. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the CFL play just starts pulling away. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this thing. 
<laughs> Club Rashad. Yeah. I didn't know they had a Twitter handle. It was the mail-in ballots, just like the U.S. election. Oh, uh, yeah. Future Shots falling off of the list there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure it is. Sure it is. Uh, our play of the week, as always, brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And as always, we will post the play of the week nominees for next Monday or on next Monday of the week before. You'll be able to vote for those. And it doesn't matter. It's rigged every week. Podcast FFC (laughs) is where you'll be able to to conduct that vote. And uh, please make up as many fake Twitter accounts as you wish. Share which ones you came up with, your creative Twitter icons, and which one you voted for. BC Lions fan underscore 6969 is taken just when you're creating your <laughs> So Rashad has fake accounts. You're saying I have fake accounts. Do you have proof? Because I think you're the one who has fake accounts. You talk about it so often that there's something going on there, Dumashell. You think that I have time to make fake accounts to rig something that never ends up being the one that I pick anyways? <laughs> you just picked the BC Lions play. Because uh, the other plays sucked. The other <laughs> plays, you know, that was like, okay, I guess I've got to vote for this one since I have to vote since it's our show. Like I, I think you're the reason why Willie Castro was one of the four. That was, that was a terrible catch. Dude, you're... <laughs> Run the route, and and you you're, you save yourself three strides and looking like you're getting spun like a cotton candy machine. That was a terrible break on the ball, wasn't it? It was terrible. <laughs> and it's he like had to recover winning, for himself. That's like winning play of the week for hitting the ball into the sky and the other guy can't see it, and you just <laughs> run around the bases unobstructed. Now, that was a tremendous play. That was a tremendous play. <laughs> You'll never see anything like that again in your lifetime. Exactly. You probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) And now let's talk about the major headlines in the world of football, starting with Deshaun Watson. An arbitrator has ruled that Watson should be suspended six games for violating the NFL's conduct policy for 25 sexual assault allegations. I think we can all agree this is too low, right? I don't even know where to start with this, guys. Like, really? Like, this is... I don't even know what word to use. Infuriating, embarrassing. Like, I've heard a couple of people talk about this report and some of the words that were used by the arbitrator in the report. Like, using predatory (laughs) as one of the words. And you get six-game suspension... And you lose no money whatsoever. Like, I, I don't know what's wrong with us anymore. Like, really. This guy should not be allowed in the NFL anymore. He should not be an NFL player. You can't have this guy, whatever position he plays, wherever he plays, wandering around and being a face of your league. You can't have guys that... that bet on games getting almost three times more a suspension than a guy who, and my numbers will be wrong, tried to find 66 women in like 17 days to apply to be his personal masseuse, who was literally treating these women like complete garbage, like just trash of Lower, not even lower class human beings, not even like human beings. You settle the deals so everybody gets, you basically give them hush money. And then you get an arbitrator who calls this guy a predator and says he shouldn't be allowed to play baseball or football for a month and a half. That's what this guy's penalty is. It's it's disgusting. And I'm really, like, truly sitting here, I'm turned off from the idea of watching football anymore because it doesn't make any sense. And I see video of Deshaun Watson signing autographs at camp 
and kids are and, and adults alike are like jumping over the fence to get this guy to sign their their football. You want to know why we got people in the states that are voting against mil- veterans getting health benefits? Like the whole world's aft right now. It it doesn't make any sense. It's it's disgusting, guys. I can't t- I can't I can't listen to it. Well, the thing that blows my mind about the NFL is time and time again, people get away with sexual assaults and beating their spouses and attempted murder and all of these things, and they hardly get a suspension. The only good thing that I see coming out of these types of things is at least in Canada right now, we're having a serious reckoning in Hockey Canada and how it's going to be funded and what we're going to do as a country going forward and whether or not we're going to support that organization. So at least there's something there, a bit of a bright spot there. But the NFL, I don't know what it is at that league. They just managed to find the worst way to do everything that they do when it's off the field. Like, I don't even know if I trust the Hockey Canada situation for there to be major changes going going forward in the future, if you bring up that point. But so here's the thing. So the NFL actually had no say in the suspension. So it's, it's a terrible look for the NFL. They go to an arbitrator and argue he should be suspended for a year. The NFLPA says no, it should be three to six games because of previous penalties. Like this arbitrator process is brand new. It's part of the new CBA that was just introduced last season because the NFL didn't want to make the decisions themselves uh, about Ray yeah. Rice, right? Or whoever it is. So, But they still have this chance to appeal the ruling. So the NFL is sitting there going, okay, the very first case ever, that goes to an arbitrator comes out with a weak ass penalty. Cause everything you said, Matt was bang on was hundred percent. So the NFL is like, Holy shit. Do we have to appeal the very first ruling in this new process to try to get a heftier suspension? The answer is yes, they do. Cause if they don't, they're saying the six games is okay. And it's not okay. They need to appeal this decision. The NFL leaked out that they wanted a year. Nobody knew that what they actually wanted for a penalty for Watson. The NFL leaked it out knowing that the arbitrator was going to hand down a weak penalty. Six games. When a guy, Calvin Ridley, gets 17 for betting. Where Josh Gordon has been suspended more than 25 games for weed. It just doesn't make sense. This is a terrible look for the NFL. They need to appeal the decision, even though this is just this very first case in the process, but it sets a precedent. The NFL also needs to change its rules and put in the CBA that if if Deshaun Watson violates the personal conduct policy or any player for that matter violates the personal conduct policy. It's an automatic year suspension minimum. And the players, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have to argue that in the next CBA. They should abide by that. If their union tries to fight that stipulation in the CBA, we should all be outraged because the exact same thing will happen again. My problem is I don't think the NFL is going to appeal this, which I think is makes them complicit in the whole situation. For sure. It's chicken shit that they want someone else to make the decision for them. And it's chicken shit that they won't disagree or argue or push back on it. They're going to just accept it and, and go along with it. And in week seven, the only thing that anybody is going to be talking about in preseason football or the pregame shows or anything like that is Deshaun Watson's return. And that's all the highlights we're going to see. And it's going to be great. We're going to see his first touchdown. We're going to see his first run. We're going to see his first first down. They're going to talk about what a great guy he is in the room. They're going to talk about all the bullshit. And and all we have to do is just sit here and, like, I don't even know these women's names. Like, we don't know who these people are. But we all know who Deshaun Watson is because he throws a friggin' football. Fuck off. Yeah. 
It's awful. So basically the NFL has a get out of jail free card because the, oh, the arbitrator made the decision. We didn't make this decision. We wanted a year. But if they don't appeal, then they have no leg to stand on. That, that's how I feel. And the other big NFL news came down on Tuesday as Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross was suspended for six games, fined $1.5 million, plus the Dolphins are stripped of a first-round and third-round draft pick. That's for tampering and talking to Tom Brady and Sean Payton while their rights with other, were with other teams. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? He got a more severe penalty than mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson. Exactly. How do you suspend an owner? He can't go to his own stadium? And he can't be around the team. And not only that, he got the same amount of games, but he got fined. Deshaun Watson didn't even get fined. Stephen Ross lost a million and a half dollars, and his team got penalized. This, this, I feel like we're taking crazy pills here. This is unbelievable. <laughs> and what's funny is he tampers with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. You didn't even get either of them. No. It would have been at least worth it if you got Tom Brady. Sure, you can get rid of a first-round pick. You didn't even get them. Imagine Tom Tom Brady Brady at quarterback and Sean Payton as your head coach. Take the first-round pick. I don't care. (laughs) I'm spending a million and a half on dinner that night, a bottle service after I see these two guys over here. Take the money. I don't care. Bottles be popping off. Woo! There'd be a party. I'd only imagine Stephen Ross has a very small yacht that he'd be partying on if he if he pulled that off. He's a good Michigan boy, too. Well, he ain't that good. <laughs> hey, I'm sure it's chump change for him. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have plenty of listener questions to get to. Rob and Owen Sound wants to know which NHL team will sign Nazem Kadri. Who's got enough money left? The New York Islanders? Yeah, that, that's the word, is that there's this sneaky little story that he signed like a week ago. And for whatever reason, it's not out. Seems like that's that's where he goes. What about Calgary, guys? Well, he's been tied to Calgary for a while. In fact, the Flames tried to trade for him when he was with the Maple Leafs. Yeah. yeah so th- that's a quick that's a quick rebuild for Calgary. Like, if I'm New Jersey, I know I gave up some money for Palat, but New Jersey's trying to win now. Yeah. Why not Why not make a move for him? What about your Red Wings getting Kadri? Nah. Nah? nah. Not interested? <laughs> not, no, I'm not that interested. <laughs> Zach and Scarborough wants to know what we think of the renovation plans that the Blue Jays announced for the Rogers Center. Hey, here's my theory. They got so busy announcing their renovation plans, they forgot they needed a pitcher. <laughs> I'm surprised Zach and Scarborough doesn't want to talk about other people's teams because that's all he likes to do when you get a message from <laughs> I know. I know this is the first phase, and I know I'm hard on the Blue Jays. This does literally nothing for me. This You've set up patios now in the 500s, which I'd only imagine are going to be a little more expensive than the 500 seats that were there originally. They've raised the bullpens uh, a little bit more and kind of opened them up and stuff. Like when your plans are to make your stadium look less dumpy and you still can't really pull that off because all you did was just change the outfield around a little bit, it is a dump it for me. I like it. <laughs> uh, don't you think by raising the bullpens, they're closer to the fan base, right? What you would think that they'd be closer to the fan base, or at least that first For sure. row of seating, right? Do you think there'd be scuffles between pitchers and fans with the raised bullpens? I think they said something about that. It'll allow for the opportunity of fan interaction or something like that. But you know what's funny about that is I was sitting over the bullpen 
Um, this was a bunch of years ago now. And there was a 12 or a 13 year old kid just giving it to one of the uh, visiting pitchers in the bullpen and just nonstop. So finally the pitcher starts giving it back to them and they're getting right into it. Like they're just, they're having a field day. There might've been the odd swear word a little bit that they were, they were having fun. Security comes down and throws the kid out. And even the pitcher begged the security guard not to throw him out. He was like, oh, no, no, no. We're just having fun. It's okay. And they tossed the kid. So I hope that the security at the Rogers Center gets the memo that if there's supposed to be a little bit of back and forth between the uh, the relievers and the fans, that they're going to let it actually happen. The the patio sections that they're building on the, the 300, and yeah. there's like a – in the 300 and the 500 levels overlooking the bullpens – they sort of remind me of the Pepsi porch almost at Comerica, right? Like where there's like a, almost like a tailgating area. A little where bit. Where you're not yeah. in official seats uh, to watch the game. You're you're around round tables, standing up, yeah. enjoying now, the view. Is that, and, and I don't know. I didn't read the thing or not. Or I don't even know if they talked about it. Are those spaces like open public spaces or are you buying tickets for those tables? You're still buying tickets for yeah. those. Uh-huh. So... Uh, you're going to make your money back real quick. You got to make your money back. It's a 300, what'd they say? $300 million in renovations. Yeah. You still close the dome in August guys. You still keep the roof closed in the, in, in the summer in baseball season. You can no, no patio, no patio seat in a covered arena or stadium <laughs> does much of anything. I'll go and check it out. <laughs> yeah, we know the fan interaction incidents are going to happen. We'll just have to let them know ahead of time. <laughs> my name is John Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> my name? What's my name? Zach in Scarborough. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if uh, Matt can start a fight with Victor and Royal Oak. <laughs> he has a betting line for us. He says Aaron Judge will finish with uh, how many home runs? He says he wants us to guess a number. His over under is uh, fifty nine and a half. What do you guys think? Okay. Ooh, that's a good line. Yeah. Right? That's a, yeah. that's a good line. And he's at forty three at the time of the broadcast here, so he would hmm. need seventeen homers in two months. I'm going over. Yeah, me too. Okay. I'm going over. What about you? I'm going under. You're going under. I'm going under 59 and a half. It might be 59, but I'm going so, under 50, 59 and a half. So you're going to say he's hitting 16 in two months. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there's. I, Come I, on, Matt. You don't believe that. <laughs> I do. I don't think he's going to hit 60. I think he's going to be real close. I'm not saying he's going to end up with 45, but he's got 43. But I think it's going to end up being really close. But I'll say the pressure I'm, gets to him and he chokes. <laughs> I think he's going to get banged up. Hmm. Oh, he's going to get hurt. I, he's got a history of injuries. He's got, like, you know, when we you look at their schedules and stuff, they've got some tough schedule. They got a bit of a tough schedule coming up. October's not bad, but uh, but August, uh, September's got Tampa a bunch of times. They've got Milwaukee in there. They've got your Blue Jays in there a couple times. I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I'm gonna say under. Okay, so tough schedule and injury are two different things here. Yeah, they're both reasons that I say under. No way. <laughs> if he gets hurt, if he gets hurt, the bet is void. <laughs> I don't you remember can't do that. <laughs> I, I don't remember Vic in Royal Oak suggesting that we had uh, options for uh, writing uh, asterisks to the bet. Check the fine print. Anytime somebody. Uh, <laughs> So we've got to divide his total by month into whatever he would have been doing on average and give him that instead. Exactly. All right. Do the math. <laughs> He's still going over no matter what. I'll take the bet. Bet. 
Bet, 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 bet. Here goes, here goes Manny again, going out on the limb and taking the guy who's leading Major League Baseball by 10 home runs to hit more home runs. I'm telling you right now, I'm. this is, is the year of guess. the front runner. This is let the year guess. of the front runner. Let My bombers are 8-0 in the CFL. Woo! Let me guess. You got the Yankees winning the East, too. Way no, to go. I got the Astros. I got the Astros. I think I had the Yankees winning the East. I got. The, I had the Blue Jays winning the East. I have the Astros winning the American League. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And finally, we have a pump it or dump it this week. If you listened last week, you heard us say we wanted to play some pre-90s classics that we would still play at a party today. Well, I thought this submission was interesting, so I'm going to let it slide. It's a combination of new and old, so let's hear it. Never take a L no more. Never take a damn thing slow. All I know is chase this dough and get money. Never going to take no loss. Never going to lose my sauce. All I know is chase this That song is called Betty by Young Gravy, and it samples the Rick Astley classic from 1987, Never Gonna Give You Up. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. This is great. First of all, that initial song, you may, you probably hated it when it first came out. But every time somebody plays it, you're singing along to the words, guarantee. And now this guy samples it. I'm pumping this all day. This is the best thing ever. (laughs) I think it's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. And I love it. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I was laughing my head off the entire time I listened to it. It's so cheesy and so funny. (laughs) And I think this is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Come on, Matt. Take the L. I, uh, I thought I thought I was being punked when I get sent to this guy. <laughs> this is an actual song that's out. No, 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 no. This is a full-on dump. If you want a good remix of Never Gonna Give You Up, the Radio Club version is one of the best songs in, I've ever heard in my life. One of my absolute favorite songs. This is complete dog shit. This is hilarious. This song is hilarious that you have to laugh and it's catchy because the original song, the classic, is catchy. You gotta pump this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I can promise you that that's the last time I've ever heard that song. <laughs> Next time you're at the pool, this song is coming on. <laughs> I'll take my chances underwater. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to rig my speakers so that when you open the fence door, the song starts playing. (laughs) Make it your ringtone. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) That her shot's just going to call you all day long. Not my ringtone. I'm going to make it my text tone. Oh, <laughs> even young young muffin or whatever his name is is going to tell you to cut it down. Come on, tell me this. Oh, that's the best rapper name ever, Young Muffin. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Who sings this? Young Gravy. Young, young gravy. gravy. Oh, I was totally <laughs> off. He should change his name to Young Muffin. (laughs) You want to see this kid really make it to the top? Oh my goodness. And that does it for another debate on Rapid Fire. (laughs) We're off to a great start, right? Well, remember, for this month, we want to hear classics. All from before the 1990s. And none with young spelt wrong in the artist title. We got too many of these youngs now. And nobody named gravy or muffin or ketchup or relish or whatever condiment you're using. No way. 
<laughs> hey, so can we put in samples? Should do we allow samples or we just want pure classic? Well, mm. I want pure classics. Guys, write your own yeah. damn songs. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I I know a great idea for a song. I'll just play the exact sound of another song. <laughs> but it's got new lyrics in it. Yeah, they, uh, I listened to them. I'm sure they were real difficult to put together. <laughs> they were great. Hey, two against one. We're pumping it. Next pool party. I'm shot. You're coming down. No need for overtime this week because it's a short week, but we are preparing for next week's debate. That's right. And if uh, you have any show suggestions, guest suggestions, questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. And while you're doing that and you're on the web, go check out that video by Young Gravy. It is hilarious. There you go. And we're always posting on social media, too. If you haven't seen what happened in the CFL or in MLS soccer in the last 25 minutes, you'll, you'll get an update there. I bet you somebody didn't score. Follow us, Podcast FFC, on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook. Oh, man, we missed you at McAuliffe Park, by the way. I know. How'd you guys do? Uh, we tied, and our good friend, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, showed up. Wow. All right. Yeah. And, and he, he, put the, he put the U16s through some drills. After listening to the podcast last week and talking about how Matt talking about how he saw Sideshow Bob take it to our team last week, Shane said, I'm going to get them ready for the next game. So he came by and he put the team through some drills. I didn't realize Shane was allowed to go to that park. That's cool. (laughs) He still had his ankle bracelet. Don't worry about it. But when it started beeping, it was playing Young Gravy. (laughs) So thanks to Shane, first of all, for coming out to McAuliffe Park. And thanks to Shane of Next Level Athletics for sponsoring this podcast. If you want to know about sport training, about nutrition, get in better shape, go see Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics. We also want to thank London Awnings, quality that shows also a sponsor on this epic podcast. (laughs) And then we also want to thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. Pump it! That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.